What's up, all you lovely people out there? This is Don coming to you live from Granny Studio. Ryan, aka Carol, and Delka will not be joining me today. I wanted to get on here and just voice my opinions about the recent trades that happened last week towards the trade deadline. A lot went down. I have a lot of uh, personal emotions about it. As, as many of you Granny Fannies know, Ben Simmons, aka Starbucks, is one of my favorite players. I'm glad to see he gets a new home. So let's go ahead and strap in for what will be some very hot takes. All right, like I said, this is going to be reviewing the 2022 NBA trade deadline. This will be a complete recap. I'll try to make it short and sweet. Um, really going to focus on some of the major trades and talk about them a little bit more in depth. But Overall, let's start in the very beginning on February 4th. We had the Lakers. I'm sorry. We didn't we had the Lakers do anything actually, and we'll get to that. But the LA Clippers acquired Norman Powell and Robert Covington from the Portland Trailblazers for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and then a 2025 second round pick, which is unprotected, and that's from Detroit. When I saw this trade go down, I mean this was a fleece, in my opinion, for the Clippers. You get Norman Powell, who is a really, really nice shooting guard. You get Robert Covington, and he has a little bit more mixed emotions for me. I love him in fantasy. He was putting up amazing numbers with Portland, a lot of stocks, steals, and blocks. Um, as a player overall, he's a bit older. Um, he's really just that one, you know, one dimension three and D guy. And even the three part of that three and D is questionable sometimes. But I really like that in regards to the depth that they're bu- building there. Uh, Norman Powell obviously is going to slide in very well. If they do get Paul George back this season, they're still in a playoff seed right now. Um, That's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. And then uh, assumingly Kawhi is out the entire season. We're not like 100% sure on that fact yet. But the LA Clippers are surviving in the West, um, which we'll also talk about, which has gotten a lot better. Uh, For Portland, I don't really know what they were thinking here. Um, You know, kind of look like, it was like kind of a salary dump, but not really. They take on Eric Bledsoe and Justice Winslow. Uh, Keon Johnson's a nice y- younger prospect, so it looks like they're trying to rebuild more or less. Um, but that's not what Damian Lillard wants. He's been very vocal about that. So uh, we will we will talk about these teams a bit more. But that was the first trade to go down. In my opinion, Clippers fleeced them on that one. I'm a big Justice Winslow fan. Uh, most of the Granny Fannies know that as well. I did have a tragic year with him like two years ago. He had a concussion and was out for six weeks. Uh, But other than that, I think he's still a really good prospect. He's a little bit one-dimensional, but in fantasy, he he can put up some relevant numbers. Uh, The next big one to go down, the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers really shoring up for their playoff run by getting Karis LeVert. Uh, They also received a 2022 second-round pick, which is unprotected. They get it from Indiana, and they give Indiana – Ricky Rubio, and then Indiana also receives a 2022 first round pick, top 14 protected, uh, 2022 second round pick unprotected, and 2027 second round pick unprotected. So Indiana did really nice there. Uh, They got a really nice haul for Karis LeVert. 
and sure they're taking in Ricky Rubio who won't play, but they're rebuilding and they, this was just the very beginning of the trades that they would make, which we'll talk about. But even looking at it now, Indiana is in a really good place to, to more reorganize the franchise and not a true rebuild as they did get Tyrese Halliburton, which we will speak of. But I really like it for Cleveland. Uh, Karras just needs to learn his place there in regards to the volume that he shoots at. He's an interesting player overall. Um, I've always kind of had mixed emotions about him. Obviously, when he played for the Nets, he would have 40, 45-plus point games where he was just going all out, and he was the only person on that team really shooting the ball for a while. Uh, He's a really great player. I just hope that he's able to mold efficiently into that team because – the Cleveland Cavaliers are, I, I get ragged on this a lot, but I have to say that they have a shot to win it this year. Out of every year in the NBA, this year alone has been the most open in regards to what team's going to win it. And you know, as we get down into the trades, we will find that some contenders are now uh, shooting up their percentages to win over others. But I, I do give the Cleveland Cavaliers a shot at the title. Is it likely? No. But it's a really intriguing team, and I do like it. But I, I do give the edge to Indiana. It's, I think it's an even trade. Um, it's about what they're doing, right? Indiana is going for that remold, reshaping of the franchise, and Cleveland is making a playoff push. Next one, one of the first ones of the day that really started shaking the ground. Uh, New Orleans got C.J. McCollum. So New Orleans acquired C.J. McCollum, uh, Larry Nance Jr., and the beloved Tony Snell. Shout out to Dr. Poopy on that one. And then Portland, in in return, acquires Josh Hart, Alexander Walker, Thomas Edaransky, and uh, Didi Luzada. They also, with all of that, receive a 2022 first-round pick, which is a top four and 15 to 30 protected. They receive two second-round picks, a 2026 and a 2027. Big, big haul. I like the trade for both teams. Again, Portland is another team that we're just bringing up where it's like, they get a nice piece in Josh Hart, who I think will fit with Dame next year, assuming that Dame does come back and wants to be a part of that franchise. But the New Orleans Pelicans, I mean, CJ McCollum, what a storyline and what a career he had with the Portland Trailblazers. And it's sad to see him and Dame split up after so many years of being in that seventh, eighth seed and and having amazing series against some top dogs. They just never could put it together. I don't think, right, they never had that one extra player that could really push them to the next level. And, you know, the, the conversation there is, right, is Dame that guy? Um, can Dame be that one on a championship winning team? It seems right now that he can't be. You know, the statistics really show themselves for that fact. Uh, but regardless, CJ McCollum is headed to, to New Orleans where he joins Brandon Ingram and maybe Zion Williamson. I don't know if Zion's like working fast food now or if he's back or what, what he's doing. Obviously, we know that his weight has been a huge issue and the injuries that have come from that and the recovery. Obviously, it takes way long to recover if you're out of shape. That core, though, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and Zion Williamson, if it does stay hold true, is going to be really nice. They also have Herb Jones, who a lot of people are are big on him. Um, His defensive capabilities are really solid. And I love that team and the way they're they're shaped right now to make a push into the playoffs. So that is a lot of fun to look at. And then on Portland's side, again, they they acquire Josh Hart, who's a really nice player. Um, he does a lot on the floor. Uh, Alexander Walker was actually traded to Utah. And then Sadaransky was also traded to San Antonio. So the only people that they're keeping out of the four that they received were Josh Hart and Didi Luzada. Didi is a nice prospect as well, Brazilian prospect. Um, but they do again, they do get a first round pick, top four and 15 to 30 protected in that as well. So it's a nice haul. 
Um, in regards to winners, uh, also to note, Larry Nance Jr. is going to have knee surgery, so he's out for a while. He's not going to factor into that team much. Overall winner, I got to say New Orleans. I mean, they get right, they get McCollum, which is going to be that hopefully that umph to push them into the playoffs and be a really dangerous team. And when Zion does come back, if he comes back, that team's going to have a really nice foundation to it. And here, right, this is what I was talking about is does Dame think this is enough? I mean, we talked about them trading away Powell and Covington. They really just started dumping ship here. I mean, they have Bledsoe, Winslow, Keon Johnson, Josh Hart, Didi Luzada. I mean, if I'm Damian Lillard, I'm looking at this lineup and I'm I'm a little confused. I'm, I'm perplexed. I mean, Keon Johnson and Didi Luzada are nice young prospects, but maybe they're looking to flip those. Uh, again, they have a lot of second round picks now. They uh, Out of the trades we've discussed so far, they now have three second round picks, 2025, 26, 27. They have the 2022 first round pick I just mentioned. They have a lot of pieces. So, I mean, it looks like they're bracing up to just trade away a bunch and probably a lot of picks to get some big players back in Portland. Will they be able to sell Damian Lillard on that? Will the franchise and the organization expect too much of Damian Lillard to go get these superstars as opposed to the organization doing that themselves? We could see some issues um, stemming from that, I believe. Next trade. Uh, This is probably my favorite trade uh, so far in regards to just the chaos of it all. And most people might disagree with this because the Nets and the 76ers did make a huge trade. But for me, this was the one that really stood out against all the others. So Sacramento Kings, they traded away Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, I mean... I'm just going to start there. I'm not going to read out the trade. Most people know this. Obviously, this this podcast is about a week out of the trade deadline now. I was I was completely shocked. Two things here. Let's just I'll read out the trade. Sacramento acquires Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and a 2023 second round pick. Indiana acquires Tyrese Halbert and Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson. That's a lot to take in. I never when I saw that trade go through, it was a shock. I mean, talk about some big balls trading away Tyrese Halliburton, who was not only the future of the Sacramento King franchise, but he was also just a great character guy. He was determined to rebuild that franchise, which anyone who's watched basketball for the past 15, 20 years knows that the Kings are self-inflicting, right? They, I mean, DeMar- the whole DeMarcus Cousins debacle that they had for so long, and then they've just been turning over and turning over. They had Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox, who people thought were going to be like the turn of the franchise. Never happened. Uh, Buddy Heald, you know, had some high and low parts of his career. He's setting in to be more of a six man right now. And I think he has value on a team. But right, uh, they just never turned out to be the one-two combo that they needed. And they never had enough. I'm a big Sabonis fan. Most people know that as well. Most Granny Fannies know that. I've had him in fantasy. There, obviously, there's a difference between fantasy and real life ball. Uh, I think Sabonis opens up a lot of room on that team. Um, and as as we've seen, right, so now we've, we've been able to get at least two games in watching Sabonis on the Sacramento Kings. They're able to space much better with him on the floor. He's working very well with De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes, uh, Davian Mitchell. A lot of people are getting open for threes. So bonus is just a great facilitator. You know, he's one of the best in the league at that, given his position and his size. It's it's the perfect example, in my opinion, of a trade that is in the moment versus for the future, right? If you had asked anyone in the league um, or any casual NBA fan, like I think anyone, if you asked them if you thought that trade would happen, everyone has said hell no. 
because Tyrese Halliburton is a fantastic prospect and he's a fantastic player. Uh, he is such a high ceiling in this game. And personally, I'm very, very big on him. And rarely do I look badly upon a trade when Sabonis is involved because um, I think he makes the team much, much better. I think he is. I think he deserved an all-star this year. But I didn't like this trade off the bat from a long-term perspective, right? Tyrese Halliburton, and he's such a pacer. I mean, you look at that, like you look at his the way he works and you know his attitude, his game is just, it is a pacer game. And so I'm glad that he is going to Indiana because I think he's going to thrive there. And I think that fits his mold much better. And Tyrese is going back to the Midwest where he grew up. And it is funny that Sabonis is going back to the West where he grew up uh, in Oregon. This one, obviously. So this one, again, in the short term, I love it for Sacramento because they can make a push into playoffs. I think I think one of the big takeaways from this trade is that the Kings have arguably just as much faith in Davian Mitchell as they do as Tyrese Halliburton. I like Davian Mitchell a lot. His defense was fantastic in college. I think it needs to step up to an NBA level. His shooting is a bit spotty, but I think he's going to grow into a really nice um, contributing player. But overall, I mean, what a trade! Because like in the future, Indiana is going to be so much better off now with Tyrese. They didn't trade; they they never traded Miles Turner, so now they have a core of Miles Turner and Tyrese Halberton. Uh Buddy Hield is still a pretty good player. Tristan Thompson didn't get moved; he might get bought out uh, and moved to a more contending team. But Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, those are good. I mean, right? Those are th- good three three and D type guys. And as you can see uh, in the first two games that the Kings played, I mean, it was a ton of assists for Sabonis, a lot, right? A lot of spacing, a lot of threes for that Sacramento Kings team. And there's still trades to be made and we'll get to them, but the Kings have actually turned into a really solid team. Uh, I don't think they can win a championship with that team, but the culture, they were playing with so much excitement when when I saw them in that first game back against um i think it was the the t-wolves and they ended up they ended up being the t-wolves which are a really good team so that's just like the overall take of that one next trade coming up this one we won't spend too much time on it was a it was a huge it was like a multi-team trade Utah. this is the trade where utah acquires alexander walker and juan herner gomez portland acquires joe ingles and elijah hughes and a 2022 second round pick and then san antonio gets uh tomas sadaransky and a 2027 second round pick. There's not much to discuss here. Portland, I mean, this common names, right? Portland is continuing to take in picks, a lot of second round picks. They got Joe Ingles, Elijah Hughes. It looks like they're just building up assets and picks to make some more moves, obviously, in the offseason for Dame. Again, if I'm Damian Lillard, I'm very confused. Only other thing I'll talk about is Utah acquiring Alexander Walker. I was hoping Utah would do a bit more. This is kind of the theme from them last year, which we talked about on this podcast. Uh, they're a really good team, but they don't really have that punch to take them home. And there's a lot of reports stemming about Gobert and Mitchell having um, a couple of riffraffs and especially like with the media. So who knows what happens there? I mean, that relationship has been deteriorating. It's, it feels like since the whole COVID thing happened, as good as Utah is, they lose Joe Ingles for the season. And they don't really replace him with that much of a better player. So they're not going to make any waves at all. And then the playoffs, and then obviously the Spurs get Sadaransky, which is a decent player. All right, let's just get to it. Um, the big news. I, I mostly, most, uh, most podcasts started with this trade first. I didn't want to go heavy with this first. I wanted to keep it more chronological. This was the trade that everyone was talking about. Windhorst and Woj were going back and forth as if they were in talks, if they were not. Windhorse came through in the clutch. 
Um, and I believe Shams was the first to report this. I don't know if you guys followed the whole Shams versus Woj Twitter announcement competition, but Shams was quiet all day and he was the one to actually um, get this one first out to the public. The Philadelphia 76ers acquire James Harden and Paul Millsap, and they send to Brooklyn Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022 first round pick, unprotected, and a top eight protected 2027 first round pick. What a freaking trade. I'm I'm one I feel like I'm in the complete I mean this is like team Don like perfectly to a T. I am uh I'm an outlier on this trade. I like it way more for Brooklyn than I do Philly. And I've looked at it a lot. I've heard different opinions, but like my initial gut reaction was I thought Brooklyn did really well considering the position that they were in. It feels like to me I understand the 76ers getting James Harden and the belief of if he can be the same person he was two, three years ago, James Harden is not 28. He's 32, I believe, going on 33 this year. He's looked a, a step slower. I mean, they've changed the rules in regards to the fouls that he's been able to get, which was a big, big part of his production. A lot of people don't realize that. Like a lot of his points came from free throws and they changed those rules. He's still a fantastic player. He's still an all star. He's still a superstar. He's still going to make it to the Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, he's an amazing player. So like working that pick and roll with Joel Embiid and adding that to the team is going to be dominant, right? The day, the days and the, the nights that they are clicking, no one's going to be able to beat them. Um, they keep Thibel, which I know was a big centerpiece also of like the trade in regards to the smaller details, but it was important for them to keep Thibel and re- retain that defense that they're going to need because James Harden you know, he can be a liability on defense. Um, as we know, defense is not just skill, but it's effort. And it's the effort portion of that James Harden piece that we don't know if he has it. I mean, he's he's pretty much asked his way off two different teams in the past year and a half from the Rockets to the Nets. And now he's here. I kind of asked myself if Joel Embiid gets hurt, does he ask to be, you know, does he ask to be traded in the offseason? Like, you know, where does he actually plant plant the seed in regards to like his career. He's due for a massive extension this offseason. He's going to get paid huge money. Bobby Marks was talking about how he's going to be closing in on 50 mil a year uh, at the age of like 37, 38, which is insane. So this is an all-in play. And I understand that. And like that's where that's where I get it. And I get why people like the trade a lot. But I have to give the edge to Brooklyn. They get Ben Simmons, who Ben is still a young player. I know he's coming off this mental, whatever you want to call it, clusterfuck uh, that has happened the past year. I thought Doc Rivers did him dirty. I think Doc is a terrible coach. I think he should be to blame, not Ben, to be honest with you guys. He threw Ben under the bus. And did Ben, you know, did ben Simmons respond the way that he should? P- probably not. Uh, but he's still a young guy. And it's a lot of pressure. And I, I'm not a professional athlete. I don't know what that's like. I know that the best professional athletes in the world have that mental fortitude, and that's probably something Ben is going to be working on and hopefully has been working on. But as a talent, I think he's still a generational talent. And I think Brooklyn gets really good in this trade. I think they, if they are healthy and KD comes back healthy and Kyrie gets vaccinated or they lift the vaccine mandate in New York, I don't know who wins this game. And I think that's why I lean towards Brooklyn. Well, there's a, cu- there's a couple of reasons, but that's like at the end of the day, if you go a seven game series, a fully healthy Brooklyn with a Ben Simmons of two years ago or a year and a half ago versus this Philadelphia team, I think Brooklyn wins. I mean, KD is, he's a top two guy, top three guy. Um, 
Embiid obviously is having a monster season. James Harden, Ben Simmons, it's just like, and Kyrie, like you just have so many players that are being talked about now. Um, and not, not to mention like setting up in the future, how good the nets look now. And uh, they get Seth Curry in the trade as well. Seth is a great shooter. Um, he's going to help that team out a lot. He was doing very well for Philadelphia, which was not as surprising because they didn't have many shooters. Uh, and they get Andre Drummond, who <laughs> Granny Fannies know I'm a huge Andre Drummond guy as well, mainly because fantasy. And he's, I'm always sticking to him in fantasy. He was like one of my first picks ever. But he's a great rebounder. He's the best bench center in the league. And I think that is very important. Uh, Brooklyn struggles on the glass. There's no doubt about that. Nick Claxton is a really nice prospect, but he gets eaten alive. He, I mean, he's very small and they need someone. I would not be surprised if Andre Drummond starts. And I don't know how they're going to work that lineup around Ben Simmons, if he's going to play the five, uh, if he's going to play the four, like where exactly they plan on placing him, uh, especially the days that Kyrie also plays. But I like the way this team is organized. And I think people sleep on the Drummond value. I mean, he is 28. He's been an all-star center. His minute to rebound ratio is insane. The guy can pull down boards. And for this team, that's very important to have. So right in the context of the league, is Andre Drummond a great center? No. Will he be a great center on Brooklyn? Yes. And I think that's really important for their team. Again, they also get first-round picks. So this is also where I think Brooklyn won the trade. Is that all the cards, it felt like the past two weeks, even three three weeks to a month, it was in the 76ers' hands. Like Daryl Morey, I feel like had a royal flush. He has that previous relationship with James Harden. There was a lot of talk about James Harden just leaving in the offseason uh, and going to Philadelphia anyway. So like there wasn't that much leverage for Brooklyn. And I feel like given the lack of leverage, besides having James Harden as a player, they were just able to get a lot. Like I thought, I didn't even think that the first, they got two first round picks. And I thought that, they could have made the trade and never had to give those up. Because again, if you're leveraging the fact that they could move Tobias Harris, they could take on James Harden, Daryl Morey was going to work his magic and get James Harden this offseason. And Harden is already talking about pairing up with Embiid. Like it was already on the table. And at Brooklyn, I think the whole league knew that. And Brooklyn knew that, right? They were going to lose him. And like given that situation and that and that weakness on in their in their part, and like, I don't know. I just feel like Philadelphia gave up too much. Because if you look at it from an overall standpoint, I believe Ben Simmons is going to come back and be the same player and be a better player than he was. I just personally believe that. And so when you look at the context of that, and a lot of people look at it, well, Daryl Morey got rid of a guy that was never going to play for James Harden. I understand that. Like I understand that in the now, right? That's like right now what's happening. But I'm looking at it like in two months or a month or even a year. Right, they gave up Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond. They really gave up Ben Simmons, two first rounders for James Harden, and then they have to then commit to James Harden for four more years at like two hundred fifty million total. That's insane. I mean, again, he'll be like thirty seven, thirty eight, making fifty plus mil a year. It's an all in move. I mean, if you're in the NBA, you're you're there to win championships. So, like, I get it for the seventy sixers. I just like it more for Brooklyn. I think that's the best way to put it is I just like how well Brooklyn did given the situation that they were going to lose Harden this offseason. So there's two different ways, right? You look at it as Philadelphia, they got Harden for a player that never was going to play more than likely. And Brooklyn got a lot for a player that was going to leave this offseason. 
right? They got foundational pieces and they got a foundational player in Ben Simmons. And they got those two two first round picks, which they can use to leverage and make more acquisitions in the offseason. If they play a seven game series and Brooklyn has that starting lineup that is healthy and there's no limitations around like vaccinations with Kyrie versus Philadelphia team, I'm picking Brooklyn. I just am. Next trade, Washington and Dallas. This one was a big trade. Chris Taps Porzingis. The the experiment with Luca fails. Chris Taps goes to Washington. Uh, Washington sends back Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Washington also got a 2022 second round pick protected. This trade was it was kind of shocking. I mean, we knew Chris Taps was going to be moved. It felt like that had been talked about for three to four months. Did I ever expect it going him going to the Washington Wizards? I did not. Dallas gets Spencer Dinwiddie, another guard, to complement Brunson and Luca, and they also get David Davis Bertans, who had a huge contract recently, and he was uh, the flamethrower, right? He was nailing threes with those like three or four fingers that he has. Uh, fantastic shooter, but he's just fallen off so much. And he, there's actually a recent report that came out earlier today about him talking poorly on Wizards management how they were always very picky about times and rotations um, and minutes played, stuff like that. So who knows what's going to happen there. I would have liked to see Dallas make some more moves. I don't think that's going to be enough to like move the needle at all. Like Spencer Dinwiddie is a great player, but how does he fit with Brunson and Luka? Do they just play a bunch of small ball? I don't, they don't really have like that many big centers. Uh, um, they're pretty decent shooters though. So it makes me think they might go more small ball and go all in. Uh, again, the Wizards, the ticking Chris Stapps, who when he's played this year, he's been really, really good. His defense has been solid, tons of blocks, and he's been shooting well. Like He's had actually a really good year when he plays, but that's always the question mark when he plays. He's been hurting and on and off on the court uh, for multiple stretches this year, and that's unfortunately become the definition of his career. Is When he plays, he plays really well. When he's out, he's out for a pretty long time. So moving on to the next trade, uh, this was a four-team trade, I believe. A lot of moving pieces. There are clear a couple of big winners here. Uh, Sacramento, Milwaukee, Detroit, LA, four-team swap. Sacramento receives Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles. Detroit gets Marvin Bagley. Milwaukee gets Serge Ibaka, a 2023 second-round pick, a 2024 second-round pick, and cash. The LA Clippers acquire Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale. This trade was pretty big. I think some of the big themes here are the Sacramento Kings. Second overall pick, Marvin Bagley the third, just goes to Detroit with a, a soft fart. He really never came into fruition. And I think the argument of who was better in that in that draft, uh, we clearly know that it's not Marvin Bagley. He's going to Detroit. He finds a new home with a young team, a young core. I, I like that move for him personally. Um, I don't, you know, I guess Detroit has nothing to lose at this point, taking in a player like that, but hopefully he can find a little bit more of a fresh start on that team, which is fun to watch. And they're exciting in regards to they have a, a lot of young talent, uh, but they're just overall not that good, obviously. Uh, Sacramento, I think Sacramento and Milwaukee are the biggest winners here by far. Sacramento gets Dante DiVincenzo, very important piece for that Bucks team. Uh, he hasn't been shooting the ball that well coming off that ankle surgery this year, but he's he's played a very vital role with the Milwaukee Bucks in their championship run and uh, overall throughout their year. So I, I like that a lot for Sacramento. Um, get a little bit more of a gritty guy who can do it all, just like Davian Mitchell. Uh, they get Josh Jackson, who is a very decent player, 
uh, and Trey Lyles as well. Trey Lyles is having was having a really nice season for the Pistons, given the injuries that uh, Stewart had, and then Kelly Olynyk was on and off. Um, Trey Lyles was a really nice piece. He can shoot the three ball. I think he fits really well coming off the bench with Sabonis as a facilitator and, and the spacing that they're going to have now. Milwaukee gets Serge Ibaka. I, I forgot Serge Ibaka was playing until a couple weeks ago, and I noticed his stat line wasn't that bad. It just seemed like you know, he's obviously older. The minutes he gets can be iffy, and I like that move a lot. It's exactly what they needed, and if Serge Ibaka is still the Serge Ibaka of three, four years ago, that's a huge steal for them. He does exactly what they need for him. His defense can be really nice at times something that did play out since the trade deadline, which they probably wish happened. Well, they probably wish it never happened overall, but it did is Pat Connington uh, broke his foot. And so he's undergoing surgery. Milwaukee is going to be looking in the buyout market. Uh, I think someone like Gary Harris would be great for their team, um, but they're going to be looking to fulfill that void because that is now an open wound on that team. And they've been playing some pretty bad players lately, like in regards to in those positions since Pat Connington is out. So they're going to look to fill that. The LA Clippers get Rodney Hood. That's a wet fart. And uh, Semi Ojale, who is not a bad player. But again, the Clippers, right, they give up Serge. There's not much to, to talk about in regards to what they get. I think the biggest ones and the big storylines are Bagley going there. Uh, the depth that Sacramento gets and they're filling out. Um, and then obviously Milwaukee gets hopefully a very important role player in, in Serge Ibaka who can come off the bench and do his job. Brooke Lopez has been out since the very first game. He played one game of the season. I drafted him in fantasy. He played one, one game, did what he was supposed to, got blocks, got rebounds, started having back problems, led to back surgery, led to him being out the entire year, which no one can predict. Uh, so Serge is a really nice piece to, to complement that, that team and especially what they've been missing. So racing through uh, the back half of trades, Boston acquires Derek White which huge, huge trade in my opinion. San Antonio gets Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, a 2022 first round pick, top four protected, 2028 first round swap rights with Boston, top one protected. I love that trade for San Antonio. Uh, I mean, I love Derek White. I think he's a great player. I think he fits so well on that Boston team and he's going to be a really nice role player there. Um, I just like how San Antonio got so much in return. They got Two first round picks. They got Josh Richardson, who Josh Richardson's probably going to be bought out. I, I'm not sure if he has already been bought out. They get Romeo Langford, who I forget sometimes even plays. But again, they they got so much back for Derek White. I, I do really like that trade for them. I like trade for both teams, honestly. Like I think that's one of the more even trades that we've seen. I they were able to derive a lot of value out of Derek White. And I'm a little bit biased because I think he's a fantastic player. And given that he's going to Boston, a team that could use someone like him, I think it works out really well for both teams. Finally, the Charlotte Hornets, the home team here on Granny Fanny, they acquire Montrezl Harrell and they send away Ish Smith and Vernon Carey Jr., who I like to call Carl's Jr., Carey Jr., and a 2023 second round pick. I love that for Charlotte. Like I, I think I, I think they fleeced Washington. I think Montrezl is a great player, very efficient, gets nice boards. Nice defense. And they send away Ish Smith back to Washington. Been on so many different teams, but he goes away to Washington. And then Furry Carey Jr., who I would say 99.9% of the people in the NBA don't even know who he is. Automatic busted pick as soon as Charlotte took him in the second round. Uh, but Montrezl fills what Montrezl does for the Hornets is he just brings so many bench points and he brings a lot of energy to that team. I think I think Mason Plumley should continue to start for them. And then 
run Montrezl off the bench with the second team and really use his points and his efficiency to the best of their ability. But I like that move, especially as they as they look to push into the playoffs this year. Last couple of trades here. I will try to race through these because they're not as interesting. These were like as the deadline got closer and closer. And again, it looked more like far in the winds. Uh, again, San Antonio did a fantastic job on this deadline. They got so much value. So they gave away Thaddeus Young, Andrew Eubanks, and a 2022 second round pick uh, to Toronto. In return, they got Goran Dragic and a 2022 first round pick, top 14 protected. That is solid. I mean, they got a first round pick for Thaddeus Young. I mean, what a swap. And I watched the first Toronto game after the trade deadline and they didn't even play Thaddeus Young. He got zero minutes. So I don't know what the, I don't know if Nick Nurse just didn't want him. Not really sure what happened there. But yeah, Thaddeus Young didn't even play and they gave up a first round pick for him. And then again, San Antonio acquires Goran Dragic, who just like Josh Richardson is more than likely going to be bought out. Um, That is the full expectation. So where he goes is going to be important, right? He can go to Milwaukee. He can find his spot in, back in Miami. Uh, there's a lot of different areas he can go to. This is one of my favorite trades as well. Granny Fanny's no team Don. Tory Craig should be an all-star. Tory Craig goes home. He goes back to Phoenix. In return, Indiana gets Jalen Smith and a 2022 second round pick. I like this actually for both teams. Tory Craig goes back to Phoenix. It was kind of funny, right? He has a chance now to get a second ring. What a world that would be with Tory Craig having two championship rings. And they give up a good a good asset in Jalen Smith. Uh, I thought he played really well when Aiton was out. Uh, he's a young prospect. I mean, he was a first-round pick. So I do like what Indiana is building around. I mean, now they have Jalen Smith, uh, Chris Duarte, Tyrese Halliburton. So they're filling out a pretty nice team there, and they get another 2022 second-round pick. Another trade to come through, Boston acquires Daniel Tice going back home to Boston. And Houston gets Dennis Schroeder, Ines Freedom, and Bruno Fernando. Kind of a fart trade there. I I don't really have much to think of it. Dennis Schroeder goes to um, no man's land in Houston. Again, Daniel Tice goes back home. Not really much of an opinion on that one. I thought Houston, right, there's a lot of things they should have done before the trade deadline, in my opinion, like move Eric Gordon. They did not do that. They still have Wood on that team. They didn't really make that many moves besides this one, getting rid of, rid of Tice. The one thing that should do, it should open up more time for Shengun, who looks to be a really nice future player for that team. Outside that, not much to hold your hat on. Two more trades. Aaron Holiday goes to Phoenix. Uh, Washington just gets cash considerations. Um, I do like that. They get a nice young guard there. And then Orlando gets Bull Bull, PJ Dozier, uh, who I believe was waived and then they also got 2028 second round pick and then boston acquired a 2023 second round pick so not much there all those trades we just talked about happened in the span of three days so it was a lot of fun i mean like getting the the twitter notifications it felt like christmas time and it's one of the best times of the year in the nba especially when there's such an open race in regards to both conferences uh all the seedings to get into playoffs and then for the for a championship i mean this year is definitely the most open it has ever been. And it's exciting to watch. And all these trades that went down are having already massive implications on not only short-term expectations, but also long-term potential and what their long-term plans are. So obviously biggest trades, I think, were Tyrus Halliburton and uh, Sabonis and the different picks that went there. And then obviously Harden for Ben Simmons. The East is still completely wide open. 
Uh, in the West, there's like three teams a game and a half out of that 10th plan. So do the Lakers continue to fall and slump the way they have? We didn't even touch that. I mean, the Lakers did nothing. The Knicks did nothing. This has been a longer podcast than I thought it would be, so I don't want to dive into that too much. But it is very interesting that some of these top teams, uh, it's probably smart. They're just going to wait until the offseason. But geez, I do hope the Lakers fall out of playoffs. But that's it for today, guys. As always, you can listen to the pod anywhere that you listen to your pods. Um, make sure to follow us at Granny NBA. We're trying to get episodes back up and live after a short hiatus. And that's it for today. So I'll talk to you later. See you, Grannies. Yeah.